0: Welcome back. Episode 27 of the 4 Insight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Obi. Joining me is a guy I got connected with. This is going to be called Worldwide Edition. <laughs> Joining me is a guy who's uh, made strides in the music industry, which is going to be great for me to learn from. And he's also a former athlete, so we'll be able to talk about that for you guys. Uh, but without further ado, Lawrence Oliver Third, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me here, bro. It's All nice right. to nice to connect bro
0: for sure for sure i appreciate you spending some of your time today so you know what i want to begin is just you're living in the philippines right now um that you did grow up in america but just talk about what led to your move and what life has been like in the philippines
1: okay so this is a great this is a great story so my wife and i uh my wife gina uh we're here in the philippines right so moved here last July 23rd. We've been here for a little under a year and a half. And we made the decision probably six to eight months before that, maybe even close to a year. So we made the decision because we felt that there was more to life. We felt that there was more to just waking up, getting separated as a married couple going to our jobs, coming home in the evening, complaining about our day and then going to sleep and then doing it again. So she's a third grade teacher. And we, we spoke a little bit in brief about like the education system. So we're seeing the world, we're seeing how the education system is kind of set up not only through our experience, so like we felt that there was more to learning just what we we're doing so that way heavily in our decision so we took a leap of faith we bought a ticket on air affordable so anyone that's listening including yourself if you ever want to make a move and a lot of people are like oh, i don't have the money to do it we didn't so we go on air affordable we found these tickets and we book it and they let you make installments so once you have everything paid off you get your ticket so we make like hundred dollars a month for like $50 a month. So we wrote down our plans, made specific plans and manifested it, but it was a a process. It wasn't just a spur of the moment. The decision was spur of the moment, but there was careful planning that went into it and we executed it. So moved here last July. We've been just traveling throughout the islands here. There's over 7,000 islands here. So we've been through a couple. beautiful. Been to a couple of the countries here in Southeast Asia. So, um, just on our time here has been incredible, bro. It's been, um, and more, we talked a little bit about psychology. It's like when you're outside of your routine, you're more open to things because you're on alert, you know, you're not just doing the same thing. So we were we are still, and we're open to like meeting people and opportunities, so things just was like flowing in our life because we had this sense of openness. So I think uh, that was really, that's important. And that was really big for us because where we are now is because of the move it being open. So that's kind of been the best part of moving.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's great because it's like, you know, here in America, it's almost like, People are almost trained to be robots. It's like, okay, you go to college and then you work a nine to five generally, and then you just do this process over and over again, but really, there's no excitement, you know, and people kind of feel like they're unfulfilled, you know, for the common man, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and for you guys, you know, there's a much more excitement, you know, every day is a journey, every day is a challenge. And, you know, I think that's great for people to kind of see. That's why I think traveling has become such a big thing. You know, people being able to see different surroundings, people being able to see, you know, different people, people that don't look like them or may not think the way that they do, you know, it kind of helps them uh, open their minds up a little bit. And you guys are getting that experience daily, which is great. And I think is great for just personal development too. So talk about how living in the Philippines is different than living here in America.
1: Um, the biggest difference that comes to my mind as a black man is there, and I didn't know this until I moved here and actually lived here, but there's a certain, no matter like how you talk, no matter how you dress, you know, you're a well-spoken, very well educated black man, but that doesn't matter in the face of somebody that is fearing for their life, whether it's justified or not, but somebody that has the power to pull the trigger. So when you see like a cop in America as a black man, there's something that at least for me, there's something that went on inside that I didn't realize until I moved out of here. Mm-hmm. So when I moved out of here and I see a cop's cop siren going down the street, or I see a cop in uniform, it's different because it's not, it's different. So I would say that's the biggest difference for me is I realized that there is this extra, this thin layer of anxiety that I don't have anymore when I see right. cops here in the Philippines. And that's, that's been very liberating for me. No,
0: it gives you that extra uh, peace of mind to know, like, you're not a target. You're not a threat. You're just a person. You can just live your life, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a human being, you don't have to yeah. worry every single day you go out in public, go, oh, wait a minute. Am I going to be oppressed? Am I going to be targeted? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be shot at? Where, exactly. un- I mean, it's, it's just really unfortunate that that's and the these reality. Cops, uh, these cops out here
1: got shotguns, bro. Like, they'd they be wearing <laughs> shotguns. But they'll be coming up to me like, bro, you got dreads. Let me see your dreads, bro. But, like,
0: it's <laughs> different.
1: It's
0: the, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's really how it should be. It's just normal human beings who are able to just live life. You know, it's not... You you can just live your life as a person. You don't have to live your life as, a. oh, I have to think about, man, I'm black. Oh, I'm going to be shot at. Or, man, why why is it that people hate me so much for no reason? You know what I'm saying? It's just Mm -hmm. people are just taught to just be who they are. And you can just Mm -hmm. live, you know, and live your life. So, yeah. Now, going into just your profession, um, you're into music. Now, what led to you... Creating Wave Enterprise Company, your music company. Wave.
1: So Wave Enterprise started three years ago. Um, I got married three years ago, so I kind of started around then. Mm-hmm. I um, I made the decision to do this because obviously I'm passionate about music, but I have I have somewhat. I'm a somewhat of a long-term thinker, so I see Wave Enterprise as, and it actually is morphing into the vision I had three years ago when it just started as music. So my vision is multimedia and kind of like what we were talking about earlier, it's kind of like I want it to be, it is it is something that is helping revamp the education system. and mm-hmm. It is helping... Um, yeah, that's really what it is. So yeah. it, at the moment, it's mostly music. And my wife has, since we both come together and moved here, this is really all our, our energy and focus on. So it's like content creation, social media management. She does a lot of writing, copywriting, like email copy. And she has her clients, I have my clients, and it kind of just merges into this this cool bubble that's expanding and gaining momentum. So. It was a shower thought. I was in the shower one day in Atlanta. We were living in Atlanta. Wave Enterprise. Well, first, Wave Entertainment popped in my head. And I was like, babe, it's going to be Wave Entertainment. Let's get these business cards. And then she's like, uh. And I was like, Enterprise. She's like, Wave Enterprise. we were like, let's go with that. So (laughs) we're here now, bro. We're
0: here. That's great, man. And uh, just you you being able to really see a vision and be able to put it and bring it into fruition, I think, you know, is is admirable that, you know, you have a dream and you're trying to bring that dream into reality. You know, I think that's something that everybody should try to strive for. Same thing with me podcasting. Uh, Podcasting was something that's way out of my ballpark. I mean, if you had asked me three years ago, you're going to be a podcaster, I'd have been like, nah, I'm not a talker you know in public or I mean I'm a thinker but I'm really not Mm -hmm. someone who would try to get on a microphone and then that's really what led to me wanting to do it was I'm like you need to really try to push your boundaries and really try to do something that's you know fall in love with being uncomfortable you know learn Mm -hmm. how to you know manage social media learn how to be a talker learn how to interview learn how to write scripts learn how to reach other people you know, because it's all about connections and it's about learning. That's my whole thing, is about being able to bring people's stories and, you know, learn from them. They can help educate you and you don't know who we can reach, you know, and then,
1: yeah, definitely, it's great to hear. Mm -hmm. Talk about, you know,
0: go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say one thing I noticed about you
1: and I saw you post this recently, you're kind of scrolling through all your episodes Mm -hmm. and that's something that's very admirable too because it's been six, seven months but it, the, it's stacking up and when, crazy. when it comes to, and if we're talking to people who are interested in starting their own thing or being consistent with something like you have this quality that I think is important and something that I try to practice and make a habit. And that's just staying consistent, doing something. Let me just get through this, like for you, let me just get through this one podcast and make this one the best and then I'll worry about the next one. But it's like one thing at a time, but staying consistent. And I think you might have some of that just from being an athlete, (laughs) you know what I mean? But I think that's important.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, when I first started it and I was doing my research, you know, that's a big thing. It's like, yeah, it's homework, but it's homework that helps you get to a goal, which is the importance. I guess if you learn anything from education, you learn that, you know, no matter what, you need to be well-versed and well-researched on things. And uh, the main thing that it was saying was, you know, when you're starting this up, when you're starting this project, it's not going to be that fast, especially if you don't have a big following, but keep posting, keep at it. And that's the thing. Most of people they give up because they don't see the short-term gains. And I'm like, well, I'm a long-term thinker anyway. So cool. You know what I'm saying? This will be there forever, right? And this will be able to leave a legacy, right? And then just in terms, like you said, of being a former athlete, I I learned discipline and I learned how to, you know, deplore my habits that I learned from being a football player for being able to stick to a plan, stick to a goal. And now I'm able to apply it to this, you know, just, okay, one week at a time. Okay, what'd you... You know, I, I use my old episodes just to kind of learn, okay, what did you do there that you could, you know, improve on, right? Getting feedback from other people who've listened. That's a big thing. I really rely on my following to kind of help me like, Hey, what did you notice here? What did you, what did you not like? And then let me work on them. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, just again, just keep chipping away and building it and building it and building it. And then, yeah, like you said, like I looked and i'm like dang i've been doing this for it, it goes by fast you know but it's been mm-hmm. great and it's been fun you know that's why it's like i don't see this as work i see this as enjoyment it's like i literally can be able to connect with people and share stories and listen to stories you know but um mm-hmm. yeah talk about you and your wife uh gina um just you guys this partnership it seems you guys are really close and you guys are on the same wavelength and you guys have a really strong partnership Talk about what it has been like, you guys, as being on this project together and how it's helped you guys.
1: Man, it's been incredible. And just, like, real brief, like, I met her in fifth grade. I actually oh, wow. fell in love with her in fifth grade. I tried to get her in sixth grade. She's going to hear me telling this story. I tell this story all the time. I gave Our, our birthdays are two days apart. So in sixth grade, I saw a calendar, in April. I'm April 28th. She's April 30th. I saw a calendar. I saw her birthday. And I was like, her birthday's two days after mine. So long story short, I bought her a gift. I asked her out in sixth grade. She said no. Okay, Uh. ninth grade comes around. I try again in ninth grade. We dated for like a month. And then she broke up with me and broke my heart again. But We went through high school. Long story short, started dating right after high school. And this is 2011, I graduated in 2011, and then we dated long distance through college, mm-hmm. got married in 2017, and we're here now. So between 2017 and now, the move, cool, we get here, and now we're totally, because she was somewhat invested in the business when we were back in America, but mm-hmm. now that she's not teaching anymore, and we're here, she's 100% in, and we are both 100% in this thing, and it has done incredible things for our relationship. Like, First of all, moving here, cause we only had each other. We, we've met people now, but like, mm-hmm. we don't got time to be fighting. Like we don't got time to be like, you know, really like I'm, I'm out of here. I'm about to go for a walk. Like, no, this, right. is, this is a different country. Like, so, and the thing is like, there's so many things that we, there's so many things that cause this, issues in relationships because of the way things are set up. And I'm not trying to be on no like conspiracy or nothing, but the way the society is set up, we have these jobs, we have traffic, we have, we're going to work 40 minutes away and then you don't see your spouse and then you get home and you're complaining and you have all this, when you're together and you're like working on something, at least for in our experience, it just it just makes things so much easier. Like we haven't, we haven't had any issues together and that's not me fluffing. Like we were best friends before any of this, but this just enhanced it. We're so much closer. We, we wake up happy, excited every day. We, we go, I mean, it's our business. So we're going 12, 14 hours now. But like you said, it don't feel like working. I might be like, at one point I might be like, man, my eyes getting pretty heavy, but <laughs> We're going. But as far as our relationship is concerned, it's been nothing but positivity, us working together. It's been great.
0: No, I nah, mean, I think you bring up a, a great point, especially for, you know, young married couples. You know, again, this is not just the athlete podcast. It's really all facets of life. And I think you bring up a good point that, you know, in our society here, it's like, A a couple is married, but then they're real strangers when you look at it. I mean, again, you spend most of your day out at work and you come home, you're tired. If you have children, you got to spend a lot of time, you know, caring for the children. Then it's like maybe you have one or two hours to be with your spouse. Well, okay, one or two hours, let's try to have quality time. Oh, wait, I'm tired. I'm going to bed or, you know, I'm I'm going to the gym. I'm going this place or I have to stay home. I have to stay at work late. So then you really don't ever have time to really even spend time with your spouse, let alone build a connection, build a bond or sustain a bond. It's like almost, you know, letting a flame just go out. You know, it's like, okay, you spark it and then, okay, you just watch it just whittle away. We watch the wax, you know, dry or, you know, just kind of fade. If you guys only having each other and only needing each other is just kind of like, look, any problem we have, we can't just go blow it off. We can't just go find some other route or other person, you know, to go complain to. It's like, we no, we work have to... This out together. yeah, you got to work this out together. And, you know, you figure things out. And, you know, I think with you guys living in the Philippines, like you mentioned earlier, you know, it keeps the spark, it keeps the excitement, it keeps you guys constantly thinking, and it keeps you guys as a relationship, you know, sustained. Um, And also just, you know, it, it it's almost like getting to know your partner, you know, more, like, it's like, okay, what else can I find out about you? Oh, I didn't know you thought that way. You know, oh, now you're falling in love all over again. We talk about
1: that all the time. Yes, we talk about that all the time. And every day I do my gratitude, bro. I thank God for all that I have. And I thank God for the more I learn about my wife. And I make it a point to learn as much as I can about her. And we notice we're at this age now, we're in our 20s. We're seeing friends have kids or friends get married or, you, I don't know if you're there yet, but you're starting to see, like, life unfolding, like mm. you know. And we see the American dream, right? Mm. Go to school, get married, get a mortgage, get a dog, have <laughs> kids. And then And now we're living in this social media society where we're, we want this, like, we're seeing a lot of people that we went to high school with just checking stuff off of us okay we're married just to, nothing wrong with marriage i love being married but some people just get married to check it some people just get a mortgage to check it Some right. people just get kids to check it. and then you don't even you get married you get this mortgage you have these kids you have these jobs you don't even know who you're married to yeah like, you're not you fulfilled you just did exactly it. exactly Mm-mm. then once the kids graduate all right we're done you can get a divorce. one so i guess it's a cycle like
0: or, I mean, and what happens so frequently now is you get divorced while, before your kids go to college. And that's, you know, always mm-hmm. been my biggest, you know, thing, especially because growing up, I, most of my friends came, most if not all of my friends came from single parent homes. And I saw what it did to them, you know what I mean, just uh, in terms of just them missing something, you know, always talking to me about missing that void of having one parent, whether not having their mom or not having a dad. I'm like, I'll never want to put a child through that. You know what I'm saying? And I was very fortunate to not have to go through that. Both of my parents are still married to this day, you know? And so, yeah, exactly. I I understand how fortunate I am to have a two parent household. Like I remember when I got to Juco and uh, the craziest thing I ever saw was, our teacher asked us, they were like, how many of you guys have both of your parents who are still married? And I was the only person to raise his hand. I was like, "Oh shit! Like, dang!" Wow. You know what I'm saying? And I think it just goes to the system again, in general, just being flawed from the standpoint. People get married so young, and like trying to chase that American dream. You know, for many, and you know, they they think they have it, but then it's not what it it's not what it was cracked up to be. You know, there was something missing mm-hmm. from the standpoint. It didn't happen organically. It happened. You know, because that's what social media told them was they were trying to do, but exactly. they really haven't developed into the adults they want to be. They haven't figured out who they are, what they do or don't want to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they get with this partner who that you know they're supposed to bond to for life. And then it's like, after a few years, oh wait, you do that, or oh wait a minute, I didn't know you had that quality. Now I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to put up with that. But then well, we're married and we have children, so I'll just put up with it. And then the marriage deters, and then it's that brings yep. down the home, which is unfortunate. So, yeah. but it's just, I, it, yeah. I would say
1: it's important to, sure. uh, um, not uh, I, I, important is the wrong word, but I think that it's very, you're very fortunate to have both parents. Oh, for and sure. And this is no knock to any single parents. This is no knock to anybody that was raised by a single parent.
0: Yeah. Because for they're sure.
1: incredible. There are incredible single parents. There's incredible people who were raised by single parents. There's no not. But there's also still uh, a, 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 I could just feel it. Like I can feel you had a, a complete upbring. And mm-hmm. you can just I and especially in our community. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can feel when someone has been complete, whether it's a single parent home or not, but in your case it's with both parents and you can feel that you can feel like the way you independently think and the way you handle things like mm-hmm. you can't just blame it all on being an athlete like you had a two-parent home mm-hmm. yes I could t- I could tell you feel yeah that.
0: yeah no I think uh, you know what you bring up is like there's always that like I didn't have something going up a lot of times like that I hear you know whether it's I didn't have a mom or I didn't have a dad kind of teach me this, or I didn't get that experience, especially, you know, if you, for the most part, like growing up, if you're the minority where, you know, everybody else has two-parent households, oh wait, I have a dad who is able to take me to practice, or I have a mom who I remember to talk to boys or girls about, or be able to express my feelings to, well, when you don't have that side of the home, maybe one parent doesn't know how to balance both, right, unfortunately, and, um, you know, then they don't really get that part of the development. I was able to have both. So I was able to go to mom and dad about different things. And um, that's why it's really important. Like, you know, first off, I let people know, like, it's not, you're not alone. I think that's another thing, too. People feel isolated and they feel like they're the only ones going through things. That's not the case. You know, you're not alone. And then it's important. Okay, if you have something missing, okay, try to fix that problem. That way you don't, you know, live your life, you know, in regret or blaming or. Feeling like you're not worthy of anything, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: Just, to, I, 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 I'm gonna just end it on in this tower on that. But right. I'm also a strong believer, and yeah, you don't get to choose your body, you don't get to choose your family, you don't get to choose your circumstances. But when mm-hmm. you become an adult, you are fully responsible for who you are. For, for who you are. So if there's things missing, if there's a void, it's your responsibility to the right way in a healthy way it's yeah. your responsibility you have to sure. forgive the past if it's your parents that did some stuff to you forgive it if it's a sibling or a teacher or a coach forgive it mm-hmm. because now it's always now you don't mm-hmm. have that no more it's yeah
0: now. and For it's sure. still now
1: and your kids, you're not going <laughs> to
0: care about your past I mean that's the way I see it you just mm-hmm. won't care about your past so just leave it there I like that and forgive it mm-hmm. all right so you know, just going and getting back into music. What has life been like being a traveling producer and getting into this music space?
1: Uh, it's been it's been very challenging at first, but worthwhile sticking through the challenge because I started selling beats online three years ago, around the time I made Wave Enterprise. So I was doing all these business moves and it started off not really as a hobby because I've always had a vision of taking this mm-hmm. but it started off as kind of like mm, okay I'm just gonna upload this beat but now i have taken courses I've done this that the third so selling beats online and like I sell beats on a couple of different platforms but BeatStars is the biggest one it's an international website so everyone around the world is looking for beats on this website so doesn't matter where I am as long as I have sales coming in as long as I have more leads or more more clients or more collaborations so being a traveling producer has been awesome because we're in 2020 everything's online now so it's possible 10 years ago this wasn't possible yeah so definitely taking advantage of that
0: no that's great you know, just being able to see it work for you. You know, some people aren't as fortunate where they get into a job space and then the market changes or, you know, the profession changes, you know, underneath their feet. You know, you see this with mm-hmm. not just, you know, your common men, but even in athletes, you know, the game starts off one way and then you aren't able to adapt and then, you know, you get faded out unfortunately and your career yes. short. Not because of it, not because of your skill set, but because your skill set doesn't fit the marketplace anymore. Unfortunately,
1: that was so. That was such a good analogy to, <laughs> to relate that to sports because that's so true. You'd be like, "Man, this he used to be the man. What happened?" Like is Anthony. Not- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, it, no. I mean, it's 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 the truth. Like that's literally what happened. His game made him a great player when he first got into the league. And then all of a sudden, you know, the athleticism started. Athleticism it's, it's became the, a premium shooting, became a pre shoot, shooting three pointers became a premium. Became a previous and thanks to Steph. You know, Next thing you know, it's like, what happened to Melo? You know, he still, he still got game. Well, his mm-hmm. game isn't what unfortunately people were looking for. And then he was able to, exactly. and then, you know, he got faded out of the league for a little while. And then luckily, you know, he kept working at it. So this is another point, too, is that just because your your game may not be – or just because your skill set may not be what the marketplace dictates or wants at the time, don't give up. Adapt and evolve mm-hmm. and try to, you know, mm-hmm. get make your way back in there, you know. And that's what mm-hmm. he was able to do, and he had a really good season this past year, you know.
1: <laughs> he had a great season this past year.
0: Yeah, it was great to see him in Portland, but – um. Sticking yeah, on uh, yeah. now, who, who are some of your uh, musical influences? Who are some of the people who inspire you in the
1: music realm? Um, first and foremost, and I would like to see a reaction, but musically mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. one of my biggest influences, Kanye. And, okay, all right, right? But, <laughs> Not just musically, uh, I, I, I admire a lot of his, a lot of qualities about him too. Um, not all of them, obviously. There's some things that you can do without, but the things that I admire most is, first of all, his ear for like music. That's first and foremost. He's mm-hmm. a producer. But the thing that I admire most about Kanye is that he is a learner. He is going to learn a new thing. He's going to master it. He's going to show you he's the best at that. Like, Okay. I just was the best producer. Okay. Now I'm about to be the best rapper. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not enough. Now I'm about to be the best clothes designer. Oh, that's not enough. Now I'm about to go into architecture. Now I'm about to go into all these different designs. Oh, that's not enough. I'm about to run for president. (laughs) It might not be what everyone thinks is the best choice, but that's, that's that quality that I admire is that he's going to learn. He knows how to learn. Yeah. And he's a genius. He's a genius in that sense. So that's what influences me about that. His music, too, but musically, um, recently, I've been as a producer really influenced by uh, like Metro Bowman. He has great beats and he knows how to get people hype. Mm. Uh, being a, a football player, I love like the pregame type of rap beats. Um, but I grew up in a household that played a whole bunch of music. Like we were a church-going family, so we had a lot of gospel playing, had a lot of contemporary uh, Christian music playing. Um, my parents loved like the Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Mm. Uh, my dad's really into smooth jazz, so there's bands like Spiral Gyra, Snarky Puppy. Uh, I also took piano lessons since I was 10, so I've been pretty accomplished playing the piano, so that kind of fed into my influence too. So, and I grew up in a, a predominantly white neighborhood, so there's a lot of like uh, alternative rock influence, uh, like some EDM influence. So I have all these influences kind of um, morphed into what I like. So, I think specific artists, though, like if I want to talk about rapping, mm-hmm. I love like I love J Cole. I love like Ace Hood, B.O.B. These are people that I, I really grew up on, like yeah. especially playing football. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Now I feel you. No, um, so just first off on the Kanye <laughs> thing. I mean, again, it, it if that's who you know who inspires you and who motivates you. That's that's your opinion, and that's you know again that's your choice. You know, in terms of just. Yeah, his ability to be able to learn different realms and to be able to, you know, think and be able to want to learn, I think, is admirable. You know, uh, your your adoration for Kanye is kind of how I saw Jamie Foxx, a person who's multi-talented. Where, he, you know, he's into music, but then not only can he do music, he's a comedian. Oh wait, comedian is not enough. Not I'm gonna be a killer actor. Oh wait, that's not enough. I'm gonna do you know, impersonation. So that multi-talented people, I think, are like the people I look up to the most where it's like, oh, wait, this person isn't just defined as one thing, you know what I'm saying? And they try to push mm-hmm. their limits and push their boundaries. So definitely, yeah, mm-hmm. that about Kanye, and, I mean, he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. You can disagree with what he does outside of rapping, you know, sure, but, mm-hmm. you know, his musical talent and what he was able to do in the music realm is unquestioned. And then, you know, just Sorry. what you're also talking about is just your diversity of different influences which is good and it's able to mm-hmm. kind of help your mind be open to different things and it also diversifies your pool and how you're able to create your music you're not just labeled as one thing that can be faded out I can try different things because I hear different sounds you know
1: yes and that actually helps me explain expand my client base too I'm not just in the, the trap the hip-hop world I have like people that want EDM beats or people that want like lo-fi or R&B, Neo Soul, like all these different, I could tap into these different
0: kind of you know, spheres, which is cool. Yeah, and I and I can speak on that too, just like uh, being able to diversify just my audience, right? Um, you know, people, I remember, like one of the toughest questions even people ask is like, what's your podcast about or what is it for? I'm like, that, in, that answer alone is loaded because it's really, I mean, it's really just about life in general. Now life is so broad. I'm like, okay, well, specifically, I guess, if you want to get into specifics, like, well, athletes, but then also, we're talking about music, learn about that, talk about cryptocurrency, talk about stocks, talk about money, like, it really could be about anything, it's really just about people being able to tell their stories and be able to educate whomever needs knowledge to be bestowed upon them. I mean, I guess that's the real thing is knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and so just being able to say yes, that knowledge. Like, What's your podcast about? Knowledge. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I could just drop the mic on that one. But, <laughs> 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 but I mean, really, though. Um, now, let's get into, you know, outside of music, your football career. We're both former athletes. So just talk about uh, football, what it meant to you, and what your football career was like.
1: Football, Football and music are... Like, they're right there. So I've been playing football since I was six. Mm. I've been, I started playing the drums when I was six. My dad's a drummer. He taught me the drums when I was six. Piano when I was 10. But I've been doing football and music neck and neck my entire life. So football has a huge part of my heart. It's like football music, Gina. Right? There's not much room. My cat has the rest. But I'm super passionate about football. Um. Uh, had a successful youth career. High school was successful. It's nothing like Texas and Illinois. I'm from I'm from a sh- uh, suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I haven't said that yet. So um, our football talent. We had a big school, so we we're in the biggest division. There was some good talent. Um, we were ranked in the state. I don't remember the exact ranking, um, but. Junior and senior year, we had our best seasons. Our senior year, we went seven and two regular season, lost in the third round. Um, And that was an exciting year. We had one of the best teams at our high school, Carl Sandberg, in probably the last 20 years, even since then. Um, Out of high school, I went to Western Illinois, in Macomb, Illinois, on a scholarship. Um, And I went there to start, I got injured. And got red-shirted, started the next year, and experienced playing time on a Division I level there. I had some growing pains. I was immature. I was impatient. I had, I was just 18, 19, I was like, and to be honest, I had a very, objectively, I had a very successful career. So I was, I was recruited high, and we wanted to talk about some recruiting stuff. So I was recruited high. My high school f- football coach was not hands-on when it came to recruiting. I went to these camps and stuff, and everyone was like, Oh, my high school football coach is doing everything for me. My high school football coach didn't do anything. So I had to learn everything as far as recruiting. My dad and I had to learn everything. We had we started emailing, going to these camps, and sending out my tapes. There was there was buzz based off of the film and just like what was going on but we had to do a lot on our own so Western Illinois is division one double A and this is the thing like I was so immature I had um like I flew like I had flew down to Alabama camp it was paid for like Nick Saban was recruiting me and I we went to Colorado I had these big schools looking at me so I'm like I'm about to go to Ohio State like right. you know what I mean <laughs> Nick Saban I came back after the Alabama trip like I was on it so Nick Saban told me straight up you're too short because I play receiver he was like Damn. too short he was like <laughs> I, res- I respect it though out of all the coaches he was the most honest he said we yeah. have, a proto- I have a prototype 6'2 215 receiver you're not that I'm 5'9 170 so Going to Western Illinois, I kind of looked down on it. Looking back, I regret looking down on it, but I went there and I'm like, I'm going bigger. Like, why so I'm like, let me transfer to a JUCO. I went to LA for two years to a JUCO. Mm-hmm. And then got recruited to Alabama State, which H- HSBC. Damn, HSBC. H- HBCU, I got you, brother. <laughs> HBCU. My, my bank out at J S B C, and I just it was on the phone uh historically black college so i did the whole spectrum macomb yeah. is pwi got la and then hbcu right so i did the whole college spectrum um and learned a lot through that so football was good in that sense that it brought me around the country and it showed me a lot of different cultures within america and it showed me a lot of similarities within america um, but football in general is such a passion for me bro like, for sure um, after Alabama state, I tried to go to the league. I had the talent had the, the 40 time and all that, um, for my hamstring. It's like an a uh-huh. completely torn off. So it was eight to 10 month recovery surgery. And then that was basically that for the time being, I went into like a little depression because that was me hanging up my cleats. So I thought, um, and I couldn't watch the NFL draft. I couldn't. So that's how much football means to me. Is because I put so much emotion into it that when I thought it was over, I couldn't even stomach to look at it. So I went some time not even looking at football. Uh, fortunately, out here they had a football league. I got to in. I got to live out my unfinished business. We won the we won the championship out here. I got MVP, and that was cool. But. Um,
0: Football's really big to me, bro. It's really big. Let's talk about this, because I think, you know, especially this this could be talked about for all athletes. What happens to them whenever they realize that their game, their time playing a game is done, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, that initial point of hanging up your cleats, your ball, the racket, whatever the case may be, you know, where it's like there's that initial, dang, it's over, like, for certain people who are able to live out their careers and, you know, they're able to play and, you know, end it on their own terms, it's kind of like, okay, I'm at peace with it. I'm done. It's, it's over. But there are others who have the game taken from them prematurely or have the game snatched either through injury or, you know, through other means, you know, whether it be with the law or things of that nature. And so just talk about what that was like, you know, because I think that's something mm-hmm. that a lot of people struggle with is learning how to leave the game behind and move forward.
1: Oh, I'm so happy you asked that. I'm so happy you asked that, because that's something I'm. that's so, so dear to me because I'm grateful and I'm so fortunate to have studied music. So I had something to fall on, mm-hmm. and I almost didn't even look at look to music because I was so depressed. So I didn't even, I almost like bypassed it and was like, because I bought a piano after I stopped training, and it was after like four or five months of like being in crutches i'm like let me just give a piano back let me get back but so i've seen so many brothers of mine um get into this rut i've seen some come out i've seen some not come out but it really pains my heart when you see people especially the ones that really have nfl potential that just don't get that break and they put all their eggs in that basket they don't have in their head, it's still only, it's their mental process. We are, we're infinite beings. We can do whatever we want. But in their head, all they have was football, right? And let's just talk about injury, first of all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's stay on injury. So I got my surgery. It was a bad surgery. I got these opioids. They just throw this tramadol at me. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed. I'm not in a bad state. And now I'm dependent on these painkillers. Mm-hmm. That's a bad thing that's a bad road to go down because I saw what that could lead. I had, I, was, I had to be like after four months. I, yeah. like, because that could really ruin mentally, that could ruin you physically, that could ruin you emotionally, um, along with not having your career. So that's one thing, but just hanging it up in general. From what I've seen, I think it's really important to know yourself. Mm -hmm. to really know yourself, to go in and not just know who you are as Mike, not just know who I am as Lawrence, like know you before Mike, you know, and and fill that void because just like we talked about earlier, like sometimes people in a single parent home have this void that's not filled. When people that have this sport and lose it, there's a void now. So the only way to fill it the right way to fill it is to know yourself. So, yeah. I think that it's it's really important because there's so many athletes, white or black, any race that like football is life, bro. So when that when that's gone, even I think even more so on a high school level too, because Friday Night Lights is different. Like yeah. when that is over, it's like.
0: What advice would I give to athletes? Here, yeah, I'll jump in. I would say I'll, 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 I'll say this, like just in terms of like for people who don't understand, because some people ask the question, like, well, I mean, come on, it's just a game. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like when you play it at a high level, at it, you know, whether it's high school, college, football, there's a level of of dependence and devotion you have to, you know, take to get to a certain, you know, success. Right. And there's um, there's a lot of hours, a lot of time. I mean, you sort of build a connection. And then when that connection is just severed, it's like, what do I do now? You know, I, I don't know anything else almost. Like all I know is to be in the gym or all I know is to play basketball. All I know is to train. And then it's like, well, now there's nothing forcing you to train anymore. You know, there's nothing motivating mm-hmm. you. So I think that's the thing is just if you have if it's a matter of you still have competitor left. Find something you can be competitive in or find a skill or a hobby that you can kind of let that out in a healthy manner. You know, like rest in peace, yes. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, as soon as he finished playing basketball, he got into storytelling. And I just thought his transition was so seamless as far as not being a basketball player anymore to now being a dad of four girls and coaching his daughter. That's what I love the most about
1: his retirement. And yes. I said, do you Me miss too. it? He was like, What am I miss? what would I miss it for? He's like, What am I miss it? For?
0: exactly like this like, is where i am now exactly and you know there are others where it's like oh my gosh like it's almost like a drug like oh my gosh where's my fix of competitor or adrenaline it's like you need to have a healthy outlet once the game is done and you know honestly i'm not saying prepare yourself like once you start playing but just know you don't play the game forever so
1: what are you going to do you know what I'm regardless saying? even when you make it big yeah. It's not going to last forever. But just to go back to what I was saying about knowing yourself, it's like, know, is it the competitor in you that you miss? Mm-hmm. Then, okay, all right, go get into sales or do something that's competitive, competitive market if you want to get that fixed. Or know yourself, is it the weightlifting that I miss? Or is it the camaraderie that I miss? Or is it being coached or having a regimen? So like know yourself and know what you're missing so you can,
0: fill that in
1: yourself, you know what I mean? I think that's important.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head that, you know, you have to know what part of the game is that you miss. Be real with yourself, be honest and transparent. If it's mm-hmm. competitor, do something competitive. If it's camaraderie, mm-hmm. get into talking, get into mm-hmm. podcasting, you know, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, start a talk show or something where you can be interacting with people. If it's a matter mm-hmm. of teaching the game or learning the game, you can get into coaching. Right. But know what it what it is about the game if you still have a love and devotion for it. For, I mean, for me, I still love football. Like I still love watching it because I was a very analytical, you know, player. So I love just watching football. Like it's just like watching film. Like I'm just like, I'm just sitting there, like, okay, this person didn't do that, this person did that. And then like I like being able to impart it, impart the knowledge I learned onto the next or try to teach, you know, younger athletes, you know, the lessons that I learned or that I didn't learn soon enough, like, no, look, I made this mistake. Don't make this mistake. No, I think that's the big thing is that, you know, your legacy is big on who you're able to influence after you. So, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that's that's my connection to the game. That's how I stay connected to it. I learn it. I'm still loving it. And then now I can teach, you know, the next batch of young men and young women, you know, the different tricks of the trade or things that I learned or observed or people who I saw who did it the right way and they made it or people I saw who took an alternate route and, you know, it ended up costing them everything. I'm like, nope, listen, I've seen it. I played with guys who've been in the NFL, played against guys who are in the NFL. I've trained the regimens. I've been around it. I know what it takes. I know what it doesn't take. And if not, I can put you in contact with them. You know, that type of thing. and that's how, that's just how you got to navigate it because, you know, I think that's a big thing. Is just being able to you know get that and just being able to uh, move on and you know understand that life moves on and life goes on the train keeps moving, you know. Mm-hmm. But um it's easier said than done.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Now no. with you, I you you uh sorry, bro. You, no you were saying earlier, like right out of high school, you were studying bio. Yeah, and you were saying like and that's kind of like like the music for me, you had something else to stimulate you. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that kind of helped. Like, a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. So I feel like it's easier said than done, but I, I didn't mean to cut you well, off,
0: No, 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 for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, I was, I was real big on, I just was big on learning, right? So now I'm like, okay, well, my competitiveness is, you know, not going to be channeled instead of it being towards athletics. I did powerlifting for a time. So that was how right, I got right. the rest of the competitor out of me. Then it was like, okay, well now nice. let's let's channel our competitiveness into something that's productive. Well, learning is productive, and acquiring knowledge is productive, and understanding life as you know it deeper is productive. And so now let's push our boundaries. Let me push my boundaries and try to do something that you know is way outside of my ballpark. And so then that's how I got into like reading, reading philosophy getting into meditating, keeping the mind calm. And then now podcasting, you know, came about, you know, later on down the line of that's something that is so far out of your comfort zone. That's the challenge, right? Is being able to learn how to, you know, um, really take something from scratch and build it, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's Mm -hmm. all based off of the work that you put into it. Mm Now, the last thing about, you know, the whole football thing that I always like to get into with athletes, you know, aside from their experiences, the topic of athlete compensation, college athletes being paid. Where do you fall on that conversation, you being a former college athlete?
1: I'm pro compensation, bro. Pay us. Pay us. (laughs) (laughs) run that check but it's for a lot of reasons and and it kind of it's a great segue from what we were just talking about it's because even if you are that athlete that makes it you know chances are you got you got you went to college on a scholarship because you had unheard- of ability and then you got to the league because of unheard of ability but statistics show, sorry, my internet is saying something, but no, statistics show that most of these athletes come from uh, backgrounds where they don't have much, but they have this incredible athletic ability and they go to school, they go through college, they're just a worker bee, they wake up 6 a.m. and they go to class all day and then They don't learn about money management. They don't learn about how to earn or multiply money. They don't learn about interest. We talked about this earlier. They don't learn about 401Ks or mortgages or taxes or invoices or none of that stuff, right? Okay, say you're still the fortunate athlete to go to the league five years in, get injured, and you have no money management skills. We see a lot of, 85%, this is a real statistic, look it up, Mm -hmm. if you're listening, 85% of athletes go broke five years after, right? so that's why i'm super pro compensation because we need to know how to manage money we need to know how to be familiar with money
0: Mm -hmm.
1: not just swiping not just swiping at the cafeteria because you know you got a full ride it's like i need to see the money i need to manage it budget it for this month budget my groceries budget my textbooks. budget everything because that's you're going to need that after you retire, regardless. Right.
0: It prepares that's you for my- more life outside of football, outside of college, because that's really what you are. You're an adult. You don't have mom and dad to rely on and to say, mom, come bed me out of this. You're an adult now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For those who don't yes. have mom and dad, period, you know, well, sorry, life goes on. It's like, hey, we, ex- we still expect this mortgage. We still expect these taxes. We still expect these bills to be paid. We don't care about mm-hmm. you not learning it. So, hey, mm-hmm. bring us the money. That's all we care about, you know, mm-hmm. those who want it. So mm-hmm. my whole thing, you know, in terms of the whole conversation, just hearing it from athletes is that, like I said, they don't get taught money management. I think that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest problem that look cause i hear that you know well if we give them the money they won't be responsible for it look at athletes who go broke i'm like they go broke cuz they never got they never got taught it right so okay if that's the problem why not why not fix it right so the way you fix it in my opinion is you take call you take whatever part or whatever portion of their scholarship money that you used to pay the tuition you say listen as part of your scholarship you have to take Financial literacy courses, whatever that means, like, you know, oh, learn how to take mortgages, learn how to take finances, learn what taxes are, learn, all of that is part of your scholarship for every athlete, then you make them financially literate. So when you do pay them a stipend or when they do, you know, have a job, first off, they'll be able to say, well, I learned how to do all this in college. They'll actually be able to say that, look, I was able to learn something, you know, because I feel like a lot of college kids, you know, the ones who don't get into, like, NSM or engineering majors, most of them mostly learn stuff about life outside of the classroom, which is unfortunate, you know. Not everybody gets to get into a real tough and rigorous field of engineering and then have it be applicable to their profession. Most of the time, people just go to school just to get the degree for, you know, for a large sum. So teach the athletes how to do that. And my whole thing, too, is, okay, on the whole, like paying them a salary not paying them salary, that's okay if you don't want to pay them a salary if you don't want to pay them extra fine you know that's your rules my whole thing though is if there's anything i learned competition money and incentive you know really pushes competition really influences it so now if you say look now you're playing for something now you're either playing for a bonus like you can make that part of the game if you win the team gets x amount or if you win a ball game, you get even more. So now, oh wait a minute. Now they're stakes. It's like playing for a pot, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It strives mm-hmm. and it builds the you know interest and it builds the intensity of the game, which the intensity mm-hmm. of the game, the emotion, which is why people watch sports is for the thrill
1: and for the story. Mm-hmm. It just builds your and even even with that, like that still happens. If a team wins a bowl game, they get a hell of money. Like mm-hmm. But why don't the players see any of that or like mm-hmm. the college the ticket sales
0: the, <laughs> the concession stands
1: you know what i mean like right. all that merch where's all that merch people people be selling they have jerseys with kids numbers on it they may not have the name but it's like you know who number one is this dude just bought a jersey from the student the student store right that's my that, he got it because i'm balling out like
0: Right. And I decided this is one that. thing this is one thing my brother brought up. I decided to go to your institution. I could have easily went to your rival and it brought them the ratings and I brought them the interest and I brought them the bold appearance, and you could have mm-hmm. lost and mm-hmm. then nobody would know who you were or less people yeah. would know.
1: you know what I'm saying? So I just that, think it's something not fair about that. I just think that's not
0: fair. It just need yeah, it's not fair, and it needs to be a collaborative effort. and the only way to keep bringing attention to it is to keep bringing athletes who've been through it and who've you know seen it and seen it firsthand and have the experiences and keep you know letting them tell their stories and that's what it's all about but uh just closing out man uh, this has been a great episode what are your final remarks that you would give to you know young men and women trying to get into music or young athletes what is your final gem that you would love to leave to the next generation
1: I wish I knew what I knew now back then. Uh, I got into meditation and being mindful and calming my mind and um, looking within the last couple of years. Really, once I got married and started maturing in essence, um, I wish I was your age when I got into it. I and mean, I'm talking like I'm an old head, I'm only a couple of years older than you. But okay. That's one thing I think is important as an athlete. And looking back on Kobe, you know, he got that from Phil Jackson, it's like yeah. meditation, mindfulness, any industry, but specifically with athletics and music you got to calm you got to go within you gotta slow down the thoughts you gotta know yourself as I'm big on that and just understanding yourself understanding yourself as an athlete understanding yourself as a musician or a producer I think my biggest advice is to know yourself I did not know myself at all until after I graduated so I think whatever that means to you
0: know you. like learn yourself for sure it's great yeah. it's important all right that's a wrap episode 27 <laughs> of the four insight podcast i want to thank lawrence oliver the third for coming on appreciate you man all the way from the philippines expanding sure. our connections worldwide man you can catch this Thanks episode on no problem man you can catch this episode on youtube anchor spotify and all platform streaming podcasts thank y'all <laughs>